episode 349. System activate. This is NetHeads with Will Wilkins. It's a tech podcast. Tech podcast. But we are a sh- ton cooler than your typical geek. You guys rock. And now, here's Will. No one listens to the radio. I wasn't even listening. I was listening to podcasts. Podcasts are great. Radio's boring. Yeah. Podcasts are great. Radio's boring. But what do you even consider a podcast anymore, man? The whole thing is just a big mishmash of mixed media, and I'm part of it. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Oh, another edition of NetHeads. My name is Will, and joining me today in the Net cave no we don't do that uh but joining me today uh sitting in uh for trent who is on assignment is not trent is mr marvelite tony welcome back sir how are you i'm doing good i'm glad to be not trent tonight really really uh really thank you uh for joining me uh we also were uh helping to take care of a little bit of business right at the uh at the head of this because uh, you like you got a little something coming up right yeah, so with Nerd Initiative, we are starting our own streaming show. I don't even know if we would call it a podcast yet, if we were even go in that direction. But uh, we're starting a show this this coming Friday, uh, September 2nd, at 9 o'clock Eastern time, um, called Fandoms. And it's going to basically cover um, the last two weeks of just nerd news and analysis. Um, you're going to get to see a lot of contributors from, um, from Nerd Initiative just kind of give their rundown on the things that they're just the best at. So uh, super excited um, and uh, can't wait to see what happens with it. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it as well. I keep threatening to help contribute and then, but, uh, but still, your I also enjoy been, the, your brain has been invaluable. Oh, well, it's good to know that somewhere it is, man. Let me tell you, I have, uh, I'm just going to kind of veer off in a little bit of a direction right now because you would not believe the freaking day I've had. That's the simplest way to put it. It's like, I got a, I sat down and I'm like, I, I really just, I got a podcast today. Cause today was a day that was just like a real day of life. If you will. Um, first of all, you know, first world problems entitled white guy, uh, started off having to get up early to take my dogs to the groomer. Yes. Just as bougie as it sounds. Um, and in that though, we had a fun adventure. My daughter was driving my car, my 19-year-old, Emily. And um, as we're going along, she gets into a situation where Rika, our male Samoyed, keeps... He really loves going for a car ride, right? You you with me so far? Yes. Loves going for a car ride. And so uh, when, he's, when he's doing that, he, he's comfortable back there. So he walks around. So my daughter is like wanting to change lanes, but the dog is walking around. So she's like, you know what? I'll just stay in this situation behind this, this junk hauler. You know, one of those actual like metal, but open roof junk trucks, junk haulers. Um, mm-hmm. And then it moved over one lane and I thought maybe she was going to pass it there. But just as it does, we watch in horror as we see what is very clearly a section of a sliding glass door raise as though by magic up from the garbage area of the hauling truck 
and then horror as it is falling down on the freeway right in front of my car. Oh, wow. And it literally, it's like it was a visual effects in a movie. It shattered in front of us. Now, as we're watching that happen, first of all, my daughter's doing everything she can. There's very little shoulder, and then it's part of the freeway where there's just like a sound road there, right? So, or a sound wall, not a sound road. I don't know what a sound road mm -hmm. is, but I want to ride it sometime. Anyway, yeah. uh, the sound wall fence type uh, structure is there. So there wasn't very far to go. And literally me and my biggest shining moment realizing, okay, well, glass is about to shatter in front of us. And there is framework also coming at us from these doors. This was my move. I'm like, it's going to, something's going to happen. So just, you know, <laughs> you just gave up. <laughs> I wouldn't say gave up. I wouldn't say I surrendered, but I would say that I just recognize the fact that it's going down and that there will just be some type of outcome. So if nothing else, I can't do anything for my daughter. She's behind the wheel. Let's assume crash positions. Um, so that happened, and and as that was, uh, what we didn't realize is there was a second section of the sliding glass door. So probably the complete package uh, oh, wow. came up as well, but it didn't clear the truck. Something was still holding it back, but that's okay. Don't worry. It still hit the very corner of that truck and then proceeded to shatter and rain glass down on my car. Rain, my friend. It was like... Hail, but made of silicone. And, and and your dogs are riding in the car with you. They don't even know what the hell's going. Riker's still just panting away. He's happy walking back and forth. Winston's laying down. Yuki may have let out a little tiny, you know, just like, because she wasn't sure what was going on. But they were blissfully unaware how close they came to death. Uh, then the funnest part was after we we successfully get through that, and I'm telling my daughter, I'm like, I'm really sorry, but just try and drive as safe as possible because, man, we just not only rode over one of those frames, thankfully we didn't get hurt. The car didn't really get damaged. It's a good way of putting it. Um, and, and I'm just like, you know, let's just kind of be aware uh, of what the situation is with this thing. Uh, and then, uh, after we dropped off the dogs and immediately like, okay, we got to get home. I'd turned to her and I said, do you think, uh, do you remember, does this car, does my car have a flat tire indicator? She said, I don't know. And, and then I looked back and I said, oh, update. It does. So, uh, <laughs> so, so did, did the truck driver ever like stop or did they just kind of keep on their merry way? To the best of my knowledge, they kept moving. And I, my daughter at that point was panicked and just wanted to get away. I tried to get the name of the company, but as we drove by, it turns out it was a rental company. So oh. this was somebody that was, uh, you know, they were renting a truck to get somewhere and God only knows how well they are at, uh, well, actually I can tell you how well they are, how good they are at securing a load. They're not, but, uh, so that was fun. That was fun. I, I will tell you, I, I don't know what it is about people who borrow vehicles, especially like like work vehicles, like trucks, where they think they know what they're doing. A um, number of years ago, I had one of those uh, Ram 1500s, and I was helping a church. They, they were they were they were they were hiring a guy to pave, and they bought all the supplies. And I, I kid you not, 
like we had to go get pick up more of the of the sealant and everything. And so I went with the pastor and we're in the back of the we're at the Lowe's and they load this huge crate of of sealant. Like it's it's like too high and it's the whole crate and it's a, it, it fills the whole back of my truck. And I said, do you think we should tie it down? They go, oh, no, it's heavy enough. It's not going to go anywhere. And I, I knew I knew that was wrong. <laughs> and I was driving as slow as I possibly could. And I was going uh, over a speed hump. And this kid, as my back tires were going up on the speed hump, the, this kid ran out on the road. And so I hit the brakes. Not very hard. And all of a sudden, glass is just flying all over the place. The, the tubs had rolled forward and shattered the back window and was rolling off the sides of the truck. And we're trying to get everything. And I remember the pastor just sitting there with his hand, hands in his face. And this guy, like he's done work like construction work for years. And he's like, just send me the bill. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, it's just the truck. It's okay. Yeah. You know, well, you know, and that's, I and, was, I was very thankful. Everyone came away from this. Okay. Except for my car, but you know, at the same time, you know, this was one of those things I, my car has not had a lot of use in the last two to three years. And so we took a long, hard look at it and I'm like, I don't even remember the last time I bought tires for this thing. Mm -hmm. and, and sure enough, you know, like I got there and like, yeah, your, your tread on your, your front tires is low, at which point I instantly know you got to really bite the bullet and just buy four tires. So that way the tread matches and you don't get any other weird pulling that you can get from other ways like alignment and all that jazz. And then while they were there, do the alignment as well. And it, you know, it was probably a blessing in that sense because now the worn down tires are no longer in play. Terrifying thing though, mm -hmm. is if you want to know how well we ran over some glass, they, they, and I'm going to say this, Tony, but then I want you to think about what I mean. They found yeah. glass in the tires. Oh, okay. So not just in the skin. So it like went right through the tire. It, it somehow punched, some of them punched through belt and made a clear entrance. And we're just becoming crumbling down into powder inside of there in in the world's most sadistic rock uh turner ever for rock cleaning yes, that's what i was thinking about a rock tumbler yes uh, that this was the doozy so uh so it's been an interesting day to say the least because now it's been a lot of having things shift my daughter had plans that had to change because now my car had to go get taken care of and her car had to become the one to get the dogs and my daughter, my wife's car needs gas. And at some point I've got to pick up my car. And so <laughs> it's just been a day, but it's not every day where you're just like, oh, an, an entire uh, piece of glass is going to shatter in front of me on the freeway. It's just not. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, you don't no, prepare for that. Normal. So I'm like, I got to talk to somebody about this. And, you know, yeah. my therapist has the season desist order. So I'll bug Tony instead. Okay. Well, that's fine. I'll, I'll take it. I appreciate it, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, so Tony, if you don't mind to indulge me, one of the things that we have been kicking off the show with lately, uh, which is probably one of the most boring segments, uh, that my wife would listen to if she actually listened to, because she has to live through the hell of this. Uh, what is it I'm obsessing about printing? I, uh, I was in the garage a few weeks ago. Quiet emo. You're, you're, you're causing trouble. 
Um, I was in the garage a couple weeks ago and I discovered, oh, I've got some translucent green uh, resin that I could use. I should really use that up because it's it's expired. And so, you know, it's like, oh, that's a good reason to finally find. And I'm just thinking, you know, what would be the one thing that would be awesome to do in, in green translucent resin and really easy if you could find a good free design? That'd be Green Lantern's ring. And yes, so that's what I that did. That's a movie. Yeah. It, it, regardless of how the quality of the film and this one isn't quite like that the film one is more of like it's a rock banded surface that kind of comes up right. over and into the gem uh but the funniest part was trying to figure out my ring size so needless to say i kind of have a full complement of like choose your own finger options that i have available <laughs> <laughs> and instantly when I, when I start doing something like this, my youngest, uh, Blair instantly says, dad, can you make me one? So now suddenly I'm printing two at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, but in different sizes, which just looks ridiculous. Her, her ring literally fits within the body of mine alone. Uh, but those came out really good. And then somebody asked if I could print a weeping angel and yes, sure enough, they're, they're out there. So I did those. But the thing that sent me down, and this is this is the warning I want to give anyone. If you're thinking about getting a 3D printer, okay, you got to be prepared. There is a little bit you have to learn. It is not just a set it and go type thing. That's not right. to say it's not easy, but there are things you have to learn. Like if you're if you're using a uh, one of the ones that that uses filament, then you've got to have considerations for settings there. If for resin, totally different set of considerations because sometimes you wind up with issues. And so I'm bringing this one up just to kind of show how you will f go down a rabbit hole. I printed one of these and they, it came out great, except that it had a failure near one part. So then every subsequent one I did started having surface issues like bumps on it. So I ended up going back and changing some settings. Man, this is one of the ones with bumps on it. You will get obsessed about trying to get one good print of something because what I'm about to hold up represents at least three others that you see out of you. And technically one is sitting on top of the, uh, cause you can never have more than one, right? You, you never one, you have too many. One is sitting that I didn't resin on top of the flux capacitor, but it is this, it's a, Oh, look cute. It's a balloon animal, right? Isn't that adorable? Uh, but then you turn it around and it changes the perspective a little. This is a balloon dog that is crapping out a little balloon bag of, uh, I don't know what it is, but I love that it has the little balloon stem. Yeah. It's yeah. And, that's, uh, that's... the other one I have, I did in, in an electric blue uh, silky filament is actually the balloon dog, but it's in the downward dog position, which really makes this a fun and cute tale. Cause it's like the electric blue balloon dog downward position. It's like, Oh, is it being playful? Then you put this in front of it and you're like, Oh, look at it play with its toy. Then you add this one and it becomes a true tale of horror. <laughs> so anyway, that's uh those are all of the things I've kind of been uh, printing and being obsessed about. And one of the cool things, if you happen to follow the Patreon is that, and I have to phrase this very specifically, um, eventually all of my Patreon subscribers uh, get what I like to call, why are you mailing this to me? So I have to throw it out rewards uh, where I 
take my failed prints like like this particular one just because of size or shift maybe this ring will go to one of my patreon subscribers that bumpy dog that's crapping out a balloon that'll go to one of my patreon subscribers so you know i i do some some better way to show you love them yeah exactly while also you know belaying that guilty feeling of i just gotta throw this thing out you know now now i'll mail it to you and make it your problem I really can't wait. I'm going to send one of these. I know which Patreon subscriber I'm going to send it to. His name is Steve Ashton. He lives in the UK. And I just can't wait for him to open up this red bumpy dog that's dropping a deuce. I can't help it, Tony. Yeah. And just say, this made me think of you. Mm-hmm. How about you, though? You you have a 3D printer. So is there anything you've been printing lately? Well, it's funny because you, you make the comment about how you have to have some knowledge with 3D printers. And I have an Ender 3 Pro. Um, and... One of the things, and I always tell people that it's a great starter printer. It's it's not expensive. You can find it sometimes in deals, especially around Black Friday. Um, but you have to put it together. And so you do get an understanding of what it takes to calibrate and to adjust and everything else. Um, because you will need to fix it. So I have been, I have been, um, I am in the process. I have three commissions um for friends to make a dark hold. And uh, I decided I want to do something different. I want to mix it up. I would have grabbed it, but it's a way it's off screen. Um, but I'm, I'm taking it. I'm, I'm actually going to print the dark hold in translucent red filament. And then I'm going to tape it off and paint it. That way I can run an led in the back that will light up and cause like, kind of like the mystic effects, um, through the book. And, I got the front two pieces of the of the cover done. I got the um, top piece of the back done, and then the bottom one decided it wanted to go ahead and have a print failure and then jam. So um, I'm in the process of where I have to take I have to take the extruder and everything apart and kind of clear it out because I'm pretty sure there's like a big old wad of translucent filament because it's great for what you want to do with it. But it's not the best for the printer. It's not the same style. It's funny you mentioned that. There was something. Oh, it was when I was printing axolotls. uh, When I was printing those articulated ones. One of them I thought, oh, it'd be really cool to do it in translucent. Because the translucent really kind of comes off as as a, well, translucent white. So that looks a lot like what an axolotl really looks like. And so when I went to go print it, though... I quickly discovered, which which this blows me away, because in theory, they should all be kind of the same stuff if they're all PLA. Um, you know, right. it's just a matter of what's been added to it for color. But that one in particular, the translucent one, ha- acts way more like plastic than uh, yes, any of my other filaments. Like it is... It, it must need, require a very specific temperature that you have to hone it in on because it comes off like hard, brittle plastic anytime I've messed with it. So my heart so goes I, out I, to I, you on that one. Yeah, so I, I usually have to do it around like 205 degrees because anything below that, it will harden and jam on the, on the outside parts. Mm. And I had just updated to a new, like the old software. Like I went back to the, the original software because doing the newer stuff was was causing me issues. And so I'm using like an old version, but I didn't calibrate the, the the temperature at all. So I have to go back and do that. But after actually after I clean out the extruder, um, because it works well when you do small projects. But I've never used um, the you know I did I so I did the blue. 
He's getting he's with getting this, one to show us. I did the blue with this a while back because I had actually made one of these for my wife's boss um, for Christmas last year. But I used the metallic, um, uh, the metallic PLA, which is a little bit better, but it can. It, the longer you have it out in open air, the worse. But if you notice, like there, there's like a there's a piece here missing, and like there's all of this spidering around, and um, trying to clear out an area like in the tunnel, there like it's there's still like PLA that needs to be removed. Um, it's it's tough as nails. It's almost hard to get the build plates off. Um, so I don't recommend doing large projects with with translucent. Um, I'm just being stupid because I want to try something new. But yeah, it's um, sometimes it's better just to use regular PLA and then paint stuff and do minimal, minimal translucent. If, if anyone is a fan of NetHeads, uh, and that's a mighty big if, but if anyone is a fan of NetHeads that happens to also have some musical talent, I'm going to provide you a bed, okay? That's me doing the vocals. And all I'm looking for you is to do something that, that kind of sounds a, a little metal and it's just really quick with maybe the sounds of some explosions end capped on either one. And and all it is is like, all I'm going to say is, you know, like 3D printing nerds. Okay. <laughs> there it was. That was it. So it's like, it, it's, it's for a little segment and it's just got to have some quick guitar riff, some explosion sounds. And I don't know what else. So there you go. If you give the, send that uh, care of uh, netheadsonair at gmail.com. And listen, also, I'm just recommending this as well. Nobody can listen to me. My, my opinion is, is as much as it's worth. Um, but it would be, almost be funny just to hear people do it without any like musical ability. Just do all the, all the sounds. But you see, that's, that's what I could do. You know, I could start combing through the royalty free things and I could layer the sounds myself, but, uh, no, I was, I, I was hoping amongst hope first that there is a fan and second, they have musical ability and third, they could, they could put that together for me, but you know, you're right. I mean, send whatever you want. We'll play anything. <laughs> We're desperate. Um, so, uh, thank you very much for indulging us during the, uh, 3d print talk, uh, talk. I mean, Talk. Well, actually, what's funny is they sound the same, but I said it one way in my head, and what came out sounds identical. However, I was thinking one thing. And anyway, thanks for listening to us talk about that. But now I want to shift over, uh, actually, to some of the stuff that's been going on in in the the nerd world, if you don't mind, Tony. Not Mr. at all, Marvelite. Uh, first of all. Mild little, I don't really want to get into spoilers, but like mild conversations, I have to admit, I am thoroughly enjoying and fully accepting what it is they're doing with She-Hulk attorney at law on the Disney plus I, they, there's been a very, I, I guess it's almost like this year is the year of the more unique run on these shows because in the previous years we kind of had a little balance of of what would seem like marvel that we knew and then marvel that's experimental and this one is definitely dipping its toe into the experimental realm but i i'm i'm digging what they're throwing down what's what are your general thoughts uh, on what we've been given so far you know, it's funny. Phase four is a completely different breed than what we've seen in the MCU. And I, I, I get it because um, 
phase one was the bet. It was, it was, let's, let's see if we can actually pull this off. Let's see if we can actually make this happen. And we get all of the quintessential, you know, Avengers, the B list, or even the C list, if you think about it in the comics. And they were able to build this world that everyone got excited for leading up to Avengers. Phase two was, was, was expanding more and laying groundwork, but giving those individual stories still, and then leading up to Age of Ultron, you know, ultimately to Infinity War and Endgame. Um, they used the first two phases to build up to the third phase where we actually got Black Panther and Captain Marvel, and they were able to take risks. Phase four is we know we've got your money. We're going to do what we think is fun and just have fun with it. They're, they're world building. They're having fun with it. It doesn't have to... It doesn't have to make you believe it because at this point we believe everything that happens in the MCU. And so now they're going into the full styles because I've always thought the one cool thing about the MCU was no one movie, you know, or no two movies were alike. They always had a different style or a genre that they were running into. Definitely. I mean, everything was kind of, everything was always themed in a way, you know, uh, mm -hmm. with the Captain America movies, they definitely had a specific tone that they serve up, you know, like, the second one is a real big spy thriller type thing and espionage yeah. and kind of like a Manchurian candidate type thing. Yeah. Yeah. In many ways, uh, while still having, uh, kind of echoes of three days of the condor with Steven and Tasha on the run. But anyway, uh, mm -hmm. I, I've really been enjoying what they've been doing because like, there's a certain level of fun uh, that I think we needed after moon Knight because that show in itself, heavily heavy on the emotional damage and obviously mm -hmm. the head messing uh and the journey it took us through too is is a very dark one so mm -hmm. i i understand these items falling where they are just in tone because i think they've kind of been the things that we need it's like we went from horrible to semi-serious to now just plain goofiness uh, but in a good way for me. Uh, but I, what I will say too, though, is that I know we're getting nine episodes because they're shorter episodes, but a lot of what happens in two really felt kind of like overflow from one because those first two episodes really do bookend each other so well that they really feel like just they'd be, they were. Somebody pivoted to the different time uh, somewhere along the way while they were still in production, and they just decided to hatchet that one at a specific point, and then it just kind of rolled over into the next one. That's my opinion. Could be wrong. What was interesting was that the reports came out that the director of She-Hulk actually wanted to do the origin story later in the season. Like It wasn't going to be something we got in episode one, and so... I, I almost I almost feel with what what we got in episode two, it would not have worked to have it later. And you know it's it's one of those things where you know back in phase two, they a lot of the the stories struggled because of the creative committee that you know was put in place to keep everything in line. And then you have, you know, Kevin Feige is now, you know, is chief guru of all MCU stuff. And so you know he's arguing with, you know, Iman and whoever else. And, you know, it's really whatever he wants at this point to, to keep continuity. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely interesting. And the amount of Easter eggs, like in episode two itself, like 
Um, I love how self-aware um, the whole uh, Bruce Banner being a different person, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the the little hints um, on the on the sidebar of the news reports. That, you know, the when we say the news reports, there's a specific scene where uh, actually, interestingly enough, uh, one of the characters is looking for new ideas for employment. Let's just put it that way. And on screen in the sidebar, there is an, an ad for like uh, Rogers twos or something. I can't remember what it was, but it was, no, it was, um, it was, it was Iron Man threes, uh, like, like shoes. Yeah. Like, like air Jordan's type of, uh, yeah. Ad. And then below that. And then this is me wondering, is this just a digital artist having a laugh or is this something that needed to be cleared and put in because, and I don't consider this a spoiler cause it's an on-screen bit either way. And in the sidebar, it says there's one that's great because it's an article about a uh, man gets into a bar brawl with metal. What did it, did it say? Metal spike, metal claws. Metal claws. Yes. So it's like, are they talking about Wolverine? And then, oh, yeah. and then, <laughs> and then the best part for me though is right below that because that article is like, why is there a giant statue of a man in the ocean now? <laughs> and then, see, you know, I honestly feel like, like, like the the Iron Man threes, the uh, the the claw thing. I think those were intended. I almost wonder if Disney, uh, if Marvel Studios went back and said, "I am tired of seeing this TikTok about this guy saying, why isn't anybody talking about the giant, you know, celestial coming out of the ocean?" And and Marvel's like, okay, that's all you're going to get. So shut up now. And it's perfect. It's it's perfect. Because there's so many ways you can explain it where you don't have to have anything. But that one little article is all they need. Oh, well, it's all in there now. But what I loved is one of the hardest things for me is to place Eternals in phase four. Really? You can always go back. Well, it's, it's the easiest I know one. you have the timeline thing, but... But like it didn't there again, like I get the whole like why is it anything? Where is it referenced? Like would Eternals have been like near the end after multiverse of madness or whatever? But now we know it's like right in tucked in with uh Shang-Chi and with Shield. I what? Eternals? Yeah. Eternals for me was sunk in the in the uh the timeline where it happens. That was a a, a flag that was planted when Ajax says three weeks ago or five years ago, or she says something that is very time specific. So that way we know Eternals basically happens within weeks after the blip, blip, right? So right there, I've got, man, don't, don't make me do this because I was trying to work through this the other day because it's like, so the blip happens. So we're in 2022, the blip happens. And then in Far From Home, all the kids that come back are pissed off because they had to repeat the school year. So we know that when they come back in 22, it's sometime within uh, a period that for me, well, actually, it just says they blipped away probably near the spring summer area because they're mad that they had to repeat their junior year. But anyway, so that was 22, then they had to repeat their junior year. So we're either in 23 or 24 there. And then that's the summer break of 23 or 24. And then you've got um, No Way Home. 
happening in the fall winter of either 23 or 24. Shang-Chi, I'm not sure where that works in, but we know that Hawkeye happens pretty much in the same holiday season as No Way Home because uh-huh. Florence, or uh, what, what is her character's name? Florence Pugh's character's name. Uh, oh, Yelena. Yelena. Yelena says, you know, seeing the the updated Statue of Liberty. So that's where all those things happen. But like, where does Moon Knight fall in? Everyone, and that's the problem. Maybe that's just the thing we need to let go of and stop trying to figure out exactly where in the timeline these things are happening. And let's just accept the fact that they're they're just kind of happening. <laughs> we need to let True. that go. Yeah, but you know, obviously, I just spent five minutes on it. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like it's like you know, for people like me, like I've I've been sticking with, you know, following through, and like it kind of I wouldn't even call myself like a historian when it comes to the MCU, but like I I've been definitely trying to, you know, keep everything down so that I could kind of follow through, and Phase Four has been the hardest for me to really narrow down where things go, because like uh, I, I was a while back, I did a TikTok where. You know, people didn't realize that Iron Man 2, Incredible, no. Um, yeah, Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, um, the end of Captain America, and Thor all basically happened within one week. And and so, you know, it's it's things like that where you can break down. And then, of course, you know, you have the comic book that that kind of like, you know, ties it all in where it was, it was Fury's big week where all of this stuff was happening at the same time. Um, and so like phase four, like mess with me. Cause I want to, I want to, I want to address like something that someone said in the, uh, in the, um, uh, the comments is like, um, you know, I have OCD. And so for me, oh. <laughs> it's one of my ticks. And if I don't drink, I'll be doing something else, twisting my head or grunting or doing something else and like inappropriate. And so this is how I, I, I literally, I, I have like, after the show, I will be running to the restroom because I've overdone it. And it's not because I really am thirsty. It's because I have to, Oh, I, I thought he was probably up. talking to me just because I'm, I'm horking down 32 ounces of uh raspberry lemonade. Well, either way, I think we're both, I think we've been uh, both going for it and I'm, I'm doing the whole ginger ale thing. So it's like, um, <laughs> it, it's like, you know, um, so, so for me being OCD and having Tourette's like, I like, narrowing things down and I, I promise you spider-man no way home ruined that for me like no way home and and multiverse of madness because like i have gone through so many different versions of how how long wanda's had the dark hold since wandavision that i just stopped even trying and that's hard for me oh yeah because wandavision happens approximately three to four that's the one that happens three to four weeks after the blip because he says right. you know, it's been three weeks. You're the first one to come back to to Monica Rambo. See, man, yep. don't get nerds engaged with timeline and continuity. We just go overboard. But yeah, in that like in that regard, if that happened mm-hmm. after No Way Home, that theoretically means that Wanda has had the dark hold pretty much since. Let's just assume. Let's just call it the the winter of 22. Okay, or the fall of 22. And 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 in since then, so that means that she's either had it for two years or three years, and that's the reason why in Multiverse of Madness, when we see her, like in One Division, at the end of that, she has this brand new kind of uh, dark ruby 
colored costume, but it's very clean and looks good. But she takes the dark hold at that point. Next time we cry. see her in this movie, when she's in her gear, if you look carefully, that costume has gone from that dark red to that is a scorched earth red. And the whole her whole costume has got all kinds of cracks in it and damage. And not to mention the place she's staying is pretty jacked up. So yeah, to, to, to realize how her use of the dark hold has corrupted the entire countryside that she's at. And, and then like, it brings up to like, so you, so then like I get excited because in phase phase five, we're going to get um, Agatha and the coven of chaos. And just for the fact that they changed it from the house of Harkness to the coven of chaos, you know, it has everything to do with chaos magic, everything to do with Wanda um, I believe that Wanda submits to Agatha and Agatha actually helps Wanda restore herself. Because if you think about how badly <laughs> Wanda was corrupted by the Darkhold and you look at Agatha, Agatha had nothing messed up with her. Like she had the fingers and stuff, but that's not the witch thing for, you know, the MCU. Um, Agatha's whole purpose was to prevent the, the Scarlet Witch. I'm not saying she's a hero, but come on. She, you know, she like, like, does an MCU witch do they always go the right way when it meet when it comes to doing something? Um, Wanda is not a good example of 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 doing you know the right thing for the wrong reasons. She did the well, wrong thing. I mean, God, don't take me down this road. We're trying to have a general conversation. <laughs> this isn't a TikTok live, man. Okay, not everybody's looking for us to bust down hard on MCU theorizing and all this. But like, you say something like that, and then like that makes me wonder. Is that the reason why the dark hold for her was, or uh, for Agatha, was in her room where all the runes were cast? Because she knew she could use the book without maybe getting corrupted. Right. And it looks like she was never actually using the book. It was more of like she was researching from the book, like she was learning. Because Wanda was the one that was actually repeatedly going through the multiverse and you know, using creatures from different universes. Oh, so them. you're saying that the the real corruption actually stems from using the spells within and yes. not so much the reading. Yeah, because if you think about like Strange, Strange only had it for a short period of time, let's say hours. And of course, the consequence of that, we, I would say, would be directly referencing the fact that he has a third eye, just like that Sinister Strange did. E even though, like, realistically, I think they've just been trying to find a way to work that in for the longest oh, yeah. time, you know? I was really hoping that in No Way Home, when they opened up that refrigerator with all those creatures, they were going to talk about the fact that Strange, ca Strange can't eat normal food. Like, I was really hoping they were going to go that route. Because in the comics, he can't eat human food. Like he can't. He has to eat the creepiest, craziest stuff. Yeah, that's 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 why I would pass on being the Silver Surge Supreme. By the way, I, I already have a problem with sugar. I don't. I don't know what like intergalactic squid would do to me. Or pizza balls. Yeah. Well, no, those I still want. <laughs> I still oh, yeah. want them anyway. This week's episode is brought to you by thatkevinsmithclub.com. That's right, man. If you can't get enough of the sound of my voice, then you could surf on over to thatkevinsmithclub.com, join up, watch Wake and Bake five days a week, listen to Plus One, so much more. Thatkevinsmithclub.com. What are you waiting for? Join the club. Uh, so what I was just trying to say, though, 
is that I, I really like what they're doing with She-Hulk. I, I really have been, so far for me, the cost of Disney Plus between Mandalorian and all of the Marvel shows has been so worth it. It's, it's, it's insane. And mm -hmm. this show, I like what they did though, because like the one thing that you, you got to wonder in a world that's relying on a She-Hulk is like for the story where it's Hulk. And by the end of the second episode, they, they effectively take him off the board again for a little bit, which I'm not shocked. Oh yeah. Well, I think that's the great thing. Like with Disney plus the shows have been, some of them have had pacing problems, but ultimately even the, let's say the worst Disney plus Marvel show is still pretty good. It's, it's, it's still enjoyable and it still builds the world. Um, and thankfully at least, um, Marvel is not axing everything left and right. Like DC is at the moment. Yeah. Which still just blows my mind, but I also understand because, uh, I too have known people who have had been, they've been like a part of a layoff, but at the time they did it, they got a really great severance package because mm -hmm. companies had been merging. And so there were special funds and considerations that can happen in that unique transaction. And that seems to be the logic that they're using. You know, the problem is it's a lot of media and a lot of people's works and a lot of jobs that just go to pot because now this, this, product can never make a dime it can never be released uh and and now we're also getting word of other projects that are getting canceled which i'm not surprised about but you know it's just it's one of those things where anytime uh, corporations get involved it it just it, it 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 never works out it just never works out i mean like ugh, it's it's well, sad so here's the thing, like Warner Brothers has for a while tried to tried to to mimic the Marvel recipe. Um, they tried to build their own DCEU based off of, you know, let's compete with the MCU, which they never had to do. They just had to make good movies. Um, but what's funny is like we've been looking for Mephisto and all of the Marvel movies. We didn't realize the devil was over with DC with Zaslov. And basically he is the Thanos of, of Warner Brothers Discovery. And he's basically snapped most of the DC movies out of existence. To the point of where they can't even afford to release the DC movies they already have completed because they're out of money. Because what they didn't think is, oh, let's 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 nix um, Batgirl for ninety million dollars and we'll just have it as a tax write-off. Not understanding the fact that people would just stop, you know, trading and would start selling because, oh, I don't know, people don't have faith in the in the in the the stock anymore because of what they're doing. So it's 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 very interesting, and then of course you have the whole Ezra Miller apology, non-apology, um, and I, I love the fact that you know we got this apology. People are like, oh, I'm excited for you know Flash again, and then you find out that the only reason why Ezra Miller even apologized is because they were concerned that they would cancel Flash. So yeah, that's not a real apology. No, no, he's he kicked off the apology tour when he officially goes in for treatment. Then you know, uh, okay. And, and, um, you know, I don't mean to belittle it. I clearly that is a, that is a person that has many, many different issues that the, and, and probably really, really needs help. But 
at the same time, yeah, you can you can tell when certain things happen, and it's because some suits have said, if you don't do this, we will take every single penny from you, and you will be completely ruined. And that's, you know, that's eh, just not a good environment. But yeah, the whole thing has been, it's been, from a nerd culture perspective, it's been very, very shocking. And it, it, it reminds us uh, as well, I think, why it's important to support the things that we are fans of in as positive a way as we can. So that way, when businesses get involved, there aren't decisions that are being made that are being, you know, that, that are being made thinking, yeah, we can just get away with doing this. Because that's not the case. It's like, why should I even be invested in the Flash movie when, you know, what other media are you going to bring me? When, when I've, you know, I've got, there's so much other media competing for our attention. Yeah. And it, it, it's unfortunate. And, and honestly, I don't think I'm going to watch the Flash movie because I just, there, it's, it's becoming too problematic for me. And it's, it's hard because I, I'm Mr. Marvelite, but I love DC. I, I do. Um, DC was my first love. I, I got into into loving comic books because of the death of Superman comic. Um, I still have that comic that I the first comic I read before I jumped into Ninja Turtles and X Men and then fell in love with X Men and Spider Man. And and when it when I when I kind of put this stuff aside and went off to college, it was Smallville and the story of Clark Kent and Superman that got me back into like really obsessing about pop culture. And so it's it's hard for me to consider that DC is struggling like it is, but when 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 you have executives that treated Ray Fisher the way that he was treated, and allowed the bad behavior with like Joss Whedon, um, and then you have this this concept that they are going to, you know, they're cutting back from diversity so that they can cater to middle America, which is funny because I'm pretty sure I'm part of the maybe the lower middle class. Which then it means like they should be catering to me, and I want diversity. So, what's you know what's wrong? What what are we doing here? That's why, why are we why are we struggling with this? That we don't understand that you know you you want fans from everywhere, not just the toxic you know fanboys that are just obsessed with you know <laughs> let's keep it as let, let's go in the white direction. Basically, is how they're saying it. Well, what's crazy too, if you think about it, is. There has been plenty of of examples on the table that they could draw from where they can see that they've got a fan base that wants to support them because you give them a unique product like like Doom Patrol. You give them a yeah. unique product like uh um Peace New Titans. Well, New Titans, but also Peace is it Peace Peacemaker? Peacemaker. I don't know why I couldn't remember the maker part. Probably cuz I'm tired. Um but you've got all these things, which, which, by the way, critically are adored as well. I mean, there are the things we just talked about right there. Unique products made for the platforms, uh, originally DC Universe. But, the, you know, look at all the tumultuous behavior that's happened there. Because, like I said, it was made for DC Universe, and then suddenly that app is gone, and now it's this, and then, boy, it's, 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 <clears throat> it's a mess. Uh, and, but, but like I was saying, sorry, went off on a tangent, but it's really, it's important for us to support these things. So that way people might understand that they've got product that we want. And if they let the right people do the work and they, they get involved a little less, 
they would have stuff that we would all just love because it doesn't matter who's in it, what you call it. If it's got a Batman in it, I'm going to see it uh, eventually. Mm -hmm. If it's got a Superman in it, I'm going to see it. I mean, I just, I've always been baffled about how they've not been able to just get this one right. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was funny because when, when James Gunn was, was fired from Disney initially because of the, um, you know, the ancient tweets that, you know, he'd already apologized for, um, it was almost like it was, it was like a breath of, of, of life for DC because they were getting somebody who knew how to do ensembles that knew how to do like a, a, I would almost say like a spunky cast, but you know, like just a, a bunch of underdogs and put them together. And the suicide squad was a great film. And then peacemaker was a fantastic show. And I don't know if he's going to want to continue in this atmosphere. If this is the direction they're going, because James Gunn is very much a diversity centric, like, you know, making sure that people are represented <laughs> Like I could see him being like, "Hey, Marvel, can I come back to do something else?" Like, sorry, you know, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm not laughing about diversity. I'm laughing because, like, somehow they put out an actual presentation that's the complete antithesis of what you're talking about, where they qualify that people on it was between HBO Max and and uh, Discovery Plus, and I mean, like, basically they summed it up as. HBO Max is for boys, and Discovery Plus is for girls, and that's how it is. And man, make fire, and <laughs> and they're bad. I mean, it was just so unbelievably in uh, culturally tone deaf of mankind overall. It's like, yeah, how yeah. could you guys? Well, it's like it's it's almost the thing where you have people that are like upset with like She Hulk for her being able to control her anger because of catcalling and everything else, which is very legitimate and makes perfect sense. And if you you anybody who had a problem with what she was saying obviously has not been around women or touched a woman in a very long time. And I'm pretty sure that's part of the problem. Um, because you would understand that those are real, real things. And I'm sorry if that, you know, but but honestly, like Tony so, woke so, up and chose violence, man. Oh, absolutely. But then you have, I'm surprised there are more men that are not upset with this model where it's like, basically what, what, what discovery Warner brothers discovery is saying is you can't have something between your legs and have depth of emotion or have complex thinking or be able to be stretched out of your, you are, you are a Neanderthal and all you want is explosions and mansplaining and all this stuff, which which is ridiculous because there are people who identify as men who are men because they're able to have more than just a conversation about sports or about, you know, you know, that hot chick they saw down the road. Like they can actually have content. And it's it's really sad that we're we're living in a day and time where an entire organization would think that that's that's the right way to go. I would completely and utterly agree. Uh, I would also say that those that are shocked or don't like the fact that uh, her explanation of essentially the way women have to live a life in modern society, uh, if, if, if you can't grasp that, then you probably also can't grasp the fact. And, and, you know, for example, I as a white male in America, I can't grasp it 
because I've never had to essentially deal with it, which is, you know, I, I can walk around and I am not being suspected of anything. Okay. Generally people are not going to cross the street when they see me on this side of the street. I'm not instantly going to be uh, considered a threat. And I also don't actively leave my house wondering if today is the day I'm going to get killed for not doing anything wrong. And if you think that there are other people in this country that don't face what I just mapped out as a part of their existence, you're also probably part of the problem. You know, it's funny because um, there's a TikTok that went around where someone was talking about how they were surprised that it's a thing that when women get inside of a car, they look at the back seat to make sure there's nobody there. And I sat there and I was actually shocked because I'm like, wait, why is that just a women thing? Because I've done that my entire life. <laughs> because and we then I realized, too much media. But, I, but the thing is, no, no, it's not even that. It's I, I did like, because I grew up in a single parent home. My mom oh. and I would go places and that was a legitimate fear. Like my mom instilled in things in me that she would have instilled in a daughter because she just thought they were natural fears. When you walk to your car and it's dark outside, you take your keys and you put the keys in between your fingers. So it's kind of like you got claws that if you need to punch somebody, it's going to do damage. That's the stuff that I grew up on because that was a real concern my mom had. And I didn't realize that I, like there are things that I'm just sitting there and I, I listen to people talk about. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. And then there are guys that are going, I've never considered that. It, it must be because I'm a guy. And I'm like, wait, I'm a guy. Oh, my mom raised me to do all the, you know, to watch all the things. So I'm, I, I, I identify with a lot of the stuff that a lot of girls fear because that's what my mom taught me because those were legitimate fears for her. So it, I just find it funny because, um, we don't understand. And even with, with me being raised that way, I'm, I'm even coming to terms with times. And she Hulk was, a was a great place to learn the lesson. Um, when Hulk, when, when Banner was talking over Jennifer and was, you know, basically imposing his opinion on her, not really hearing her at first, I realized I do that a lot. I don't listen. I assume and I have to step back and I have to listen more. And I even actually went and I said, you know, this is going to be really weird, but Marvel taught me a life lesson. I need to be listening more. And we all could do that. But some people would rather be like, I'm angry. Don't watch this. This hurts. Let me get sticks and throw them at windows. Or they're just a narcissist like myself. So they instantly assume what it is they're about to say is going to be the smartest thing you're going to hear or set your thinking straight. And they're going to interrupt you, which is why it's a miracle. I've been married for almost 28 years because that's what my wife has to deal with every single day. She talks to me and I recognize it and I try and work on it. But like Yoda said, do or do. Oh, no. Pardon me. Mr. Miyagi said, do or do not. There is no try. That was Yoda. Yeah. Miyagi said it, too. He said it differently. He used the grape method, uh, grape analogy. That's what it was. You karate do yes. You karate do no. You karate do maybe. Oh, yeah. Just like grape. Stand corrected. Yeah, great. Now ask me when my brother Stephen's birthday is. I don't know, Tony. 
just leave it at that. <laughs> I can I can bust those things too out for you, but ask me when my Donald brother Donald's birthday is. I don't know. I'm a horrible, horrible brother and uncle. Just terrible. Oh. But I didn't mean to I didn't mean to do- drop my dirty laundry on you, man. Hey, do me a favor. Now that we got all heavy, say something funny. No, I'm kidding. Don't say something funny, but let's remind everybody before we wrap up that at the end of this week, folks, after you get through the hellacious standard work week that we all have to endure, you can relax and enjoy something new. Is it a new episode of NetHeads? Thank goodness no. Tony, tell them what it is. All right. So on the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel and on Twitch, we will be um, doing our first episode of Fandoms, um, which is a show all about the things that you enjoy. It's not going to just be Marvel. It's not going to just be DC. Um, we're we're trying to reach out to make sure we cover anime, gaming, um, you know, merchandise. If like you're you're big at finding like, doing merch hauls. Um, and all of that kind of stuff. We'll also be showcasing watch parties that we're going to be doing, and we're going to be talking about some interviews that we've had through the Nerd Initiative group, and everyone's kind of like chipping in, and it's going to be a a nice variety, and we really don't know what we're going to be yet, but it could end up being a little bit of a variety show, a little bit of an interview show, a little bit of a new show, Uh, but it's definitely going to be interesting, and it's going to be a bunch of dudes talking about stuff, along with some fantastic contributors, Uh, but that will be That'll be this coming Friday, the 2nd of September at 9 o'clock Eastern time, which I believe is 6 o'clock. Yes, 6 o'clock Pacific time. So we'd love to have you. And it's on the Nerd Initiative channel on YouTube. And I believe just uh, twitch.tv forward slash Nerd Initiative. And at some point um, when we're making more revenue and we can add more stuff to the restream, uh, we'll probably be throwing it on Facebook and stuff like that. No, kind of like I've been uh, unwillingly doing to you tonight. Cause I, yeah. this is the, I've, I've kind of, it's always an evolutionary model. And I really uh, appreciate the fact that you say, we're not sure what it is that it is yet because it's, you have no idea because it sounds to me like, like this is a, this is a live product as well. Yes. So some of the segments will be recorded that way we can kind of like have them there that, cause could you imagine having like, like five to 10 people sitting on standby for their scene to just go over their stuff. No, it would be terrible. The logistics of just the internet going down. We were having technical issues before we even started this show. Right. So like, like I can't imagine. So having everything recorded and preset is great. And then we'll be bringing people on and we'll be rotating stuff. So it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. And, but that's the way it should be. It should be you doing this and just kind of discovering what it is along the way, because you know, depending on the the venue that you're producing through, it may be that, you know, yeah, it does well streaming on Twitter and it does okay on YouTube, but we're not really getting that kind of reaction on Twitch. Well, what if we just have one guy sitting there playing a game and talking to people in chat? That might be better for us. And you do that. Yeah. You know, it's it's all a learning lesson in this world where we're more about brand and, and diversity of content. So... Um, good luck with that. And I look forward to en- enjoying it and maybe even hopefully someday contributing, but you know, I just, oh, yeah. I can't get my act together, man. You know, I just got all the, I got glass coming at me on freeways. It's nuts. And dogs, the groom 
Dogs to groom, my man. Dogs. Are- Did you remember to pick the dogs up at least? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That that became part of the ordeal because remember priorities. We had to, uh, that's why I got a stack of horse uh, stuff in my office because my daughter had to unload all of her stuff from her car because we had to use her car to get the dogs. And then later on, oh my gosh, I almost forgot we were wrapping up too. Did I bring it in here? I didn't bring it in here. I have this ridiculously large coffee mug, okay? This thing, it's eight inches tall, and it's got to be at least, you know, six inches in the diameter. No, diameter. Radius is on diameter. It's about yay big, okay? It's bigger. It's yeah. as big as a human head. And today at 7-Eleven was bring your own cup for Slurpees Day. So they had a 10-inch hole. If you could fit the object with it standing upright, through that hole, you could fill it up with with the Slurpee of your choice. All the flavors, one of the flavors didn't matter. My daughter was smart. She brought her uh, like 32, 40 ounce insulated cup, like nice. a water bottle. And I had brought that coffee mug. And uh, boy, that was fun. And I, f- I just like found out about it. I'm like, oh, that's happening. I'm like, oh, that might be fun for my daughter. So let's go do that. And, and I that's wanted cool. to share it. And I forgot to show the coffee mug. I'm an idiot. Oh no, it's fine. Like, I, like I didn't even know about it, so like I completely missed out on the entire endeavor. Like, I used to do the the Seven Eleven day like all the time, mm-hmm. and we literally filled a, a twelve passenger van with a bunch of teenagers, and we were traveling th- like through like s- the South, and everywhere we went, we had mapped out where every Seven Eleven was, and by the time we got to Florida, they were so hyped up on sugar. And they were sick that it took like a day for them to recover, but it was so much fun. And now I'm diabetic. <laughs> and, and, and now, and now I constantly get mad at my wardrobe. I, that's how I felt lately. But anyway, <laughs> get mad at my wardrobe. I miss my my wardrobe. Yeah. Look at all these, look at all these shirts. I can't, I'm sorry. I'm now projecting. Uh, and you, and go in a closet, you go in a closet and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I remember when I could wear those things. Why, why did I ever think I was big back then? <laughs> I, I've got a serious t-shirt problem because I had loot crate for a number of years. And then, you know, when you live this kind of lifestyle, it's very easy for people to get you gifts in the t-shirt arena. So I, I've, I've, I've had at least two cullings and I still have like an entire section of my closet that is just t-shirts and I really need to clean them out. Hey, listen, I'm still, I'm a big guy, but I do, I do feel at some points that I am attractive. I, I still do that. And I'm not saying it for myself. I mean, I, whenever I go into the bathroom and I take off my clothes, I turn the shower on. Nice, man. All right, folks. <laughs> with that, with that, with it. That's, it. That's it for tonight's episode of NetHeads. Tony, thank you very much for joining us. If you want to find out more about tony he's mr marvelite as you see the name right there on just about every of the social medias especially the tiki talk which uh which is how i met this fine fellow so uh go, go check him out and give him a follow uh don't forget as well uh you can go to uh, netheadsonair.com for all the little clicky links that are relevant to this and of course uh netheads on air on patreon if you want to become part of the behind the scenes fun with original content and exclusive patreon only live shows that are commercial free unlike this entire end of this podcast it's a gigantic commercial until next time my name is will 
And I'm Tony. And we'll be back soon. Now's the part where Tony was like, why don't you remember the buttons you're supposed to talk about that you said you were going to press? It's okay. I stalled just long enough to figure it out. This is NetHeads with Will Wilkins signing off. I know, right? But stop being a little Nancy and deal with it. NetHeads. NetHeads. We'll be back soon. Goodbye. This has been a Smodco Internet Production. Sip only at Smodcast.com.